Hi, this is Tom Zania. The following Tom Read Your Story episode is an instant replay. We hope you enjoy it. A special thanks goes out to the folks at Anchor.fm for bringing you this podcast. Hello again, everyone. This week, we pay tribute to the three-man comedy team that practically defined physical comedy. I'm Tom Zania, and this is Tom Reads Your Story. Coming to you almost live, it's time once again for Tom Reads Your Story, the number one spoken word podcast on the web for audiobooks, social media posts, current events, and just plain whatever. So let's start the show. For the next half hour, I'll be your host. I'm voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zanian. Do you need a good professional sound for your podcast? I'm Tom Zania, voice actor and podcast host of Tom Reads Your Story. I can give you the sound you're looking for for your podcast intros and advertisements at the price and turnaround you need. So don't hesitate and send me a message at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com. And we are back. Thanks for coming back, folks. I greatly appreciate it. So this week, what I want to do uh, is talk a little bit about the comedy team of the Three Stooges. Now, we mostly, I think most of my listeners, what few there are, have uh, familiarized themselves with the Three Stooges shorts, as they were called, and I guess they're still called today, Uh, the physical comedy team of uh, pokes to the eye and hits to the head with blunt objects such as wood or a vase or, uh, you know, a hammer, something like that. That was the Three Stooges. Pratt Falls, hits to the head, uh, running away from somebody who was out to get you. Uh, just very physical stuff. And I'm not saying they defined physical comedy, but they came darn close. The Marx Brothers were uh, another somewhat physical comedy uh, team. And I'm sure there were others that I'm not remembering or maybe some that I've never seen or heard. And the, the of course, the uh, Three Stooges uh, went on to make many shorts, which are available today on YouTube and, of course, available on DVD uh, at various discount stores. Um, I was always a great fan of Curly, as I think most people who liked the Three Stooges thought of Curly as their favorite. Uh, Mo, who died 47 years ago on May 4th, uh, and the, the article I'm going to be reading from is from um, Movie Milestones or something like that on Facebook. And um, 
the article starts with uh, the announcement that Mo Howard started, or Mo, Mo Howard died 47 years ago today, which was May 4th at the time of the publishing. And, um, but most people, uh, like I said, uh, had their favorite of Curly. At least Curly was the most publicized. And, uh, uh, Mo, of course, was the, the boss, the aggressive, uh, tough kind of, uh, Edward G. Robinson voiced leader of this pack that was always in some kind of trouble or trying to start a new job or becoming the president or something. And, uh, we all got a great kick out of it. I still do. And there was, a, of course, a song uh, made a few years ago, not too long ago, uh, called The Curly Shuffle, which concentrated on Curly's many uh, sounds. Curly had a lot of, um, I guess you would call it signature sounds that he made like ruff, ruff, and the um, that was my favorite is when he'd always sing while he was trying to cook something or build a wall or some some dumb thing like that and he would always go you know that kind of high-pitched singing uh, that only he could do in his own way and of course um there was also the, uh, oh, wise guy. You know, that uh, he had a lot of those, things like that. Um, what else did he do? That was a good one. But anyway, getting back to what I was saying, he was sort of the, the one that caught on the most with sounds. And, uh, uh, he, um, of course, what you're going to find out about Curly is that he probably led the most troubled life. Uh, he, eh, he had a drinking problem, I think. And he uh, smoked a lot and just, just had a very, I don't want to say strange life, but... He he was outgoing and, uh, well, you're going to learn more about it when you hear this. This is from classic movie Milestones, and it starts out with the announcement of the death of Mo Howard. Here it is. From Facebook and classic movie Milestones. Moses Harry Horwitz, known professionally as Mo Howard, died 47 years ago today at the age of 77. Best known as the de facto leader of the Three Stooges, a group that originally started out as Ted Healy and his Stooges, an act that toured the vaudeville circuit, the farce comedy team who starred in motion pictures and television for four decades. His distinctive hairstyle came about when he was a boy and cut off his curls with a pair of scissors, producing a ragged shape approximating a bowl cut. Horwitz was born on June 19, 1897, in the Brooklyn, New York neighborhood of Bensonhurst, to Solomon Horwitz and Jenny Gorovitz. The fourth born of five brothers 
of Lithuanian Jewish ancestry. He was named Mo when still very young, and later called himself Harry. Although his parents were not involved in show business, Mo, his older brother Shemp Howard, and younger brother Curly Howard all eventually became world famous as members of the Three Stooges. He loved to read, as an even older brother, Jack, recalled. I had many Horatio Alger books, and it was Mo's greatest pleasure to read them. They started his imaginative mind and gave him ideas by the dozen. I think they were instrumental in putting thoughts into his head to become a person of good character and to become successful. This helped him in his acting career in later years, such as in memorizing his lines quickly and easily. Although his bowl-cut hairstyle is now widely recognized, Moe's mother refused to cut his hair in his childhood, letting it grow to shoulder length. Finally, he could not take his classmates' years of teasing any longer, sneaked off to a shed in the backyard, and cut his hair. He was so afraid his mother would be upset, she enjoyed curling his hair, that he hid under the house for several hours, causing a panic. He finally came out, and his mother was so glad to see him, she didn't even mention the hair. Mo began to develop an interest in acting to the point where his schoolwork suffered. He began playing hooky from school and going to the theater. He said, I used to stand outside the theater, knowing the truant officer was looking for me. I would stand there till someone came along and then ask them to buy me a ticket. It was necessary for an adult to accompany a juvenile into the theater. When I succeeded, I'd give him my ten cents. That's all it cost. And I'd go up to the top of the balcony where I'd put my chin on the rail and watch, spellbound, from the first act to the last. I would usually select the actor I liked the most and follow his performance throughout the play. Despite his waning attendance, Horwitz graduated from PS 163 in Brooklyn, but dropped out of Erasmus Hall High School after only two months, ending his formal education. To please his parents, he took an electric shop course, but quit after a few months to pursue a career in show business. He started off running unpaid errands at the Vitagraph Studios in Midwood, Brooklyn, and was rewarded at first with bit parts in movies in production there until a 1910 fire destroyed the films, and with it most of Horwitz's work done there. But already in 1909, he had met a young man named Lee Nash, who was later to provide a significant boost for his career aspirations in 1912. They both held a summer job working in Annette Kellerman's aquatic act as diving girls. Mo continued his attempts at gaining show business experience by singing in a bar with his older brother Shemp until their father put a stop to it. And in 1914, joining a performing troupe on a Mississippi River showboat for the next two summers. In 1921, he joined Lee Nash, now firmly established in show business as Ted Healy, in a vaudeville routine. In 1923, he caught sight of Shemp in the audience and yelled at him from the stage. The two brothers heckled each other, garnering a great response from the audience, and Healy immediately hired Shemp as a permanent part of the act. He then recruited vaudeville violinist Larry Fine to join the troupe in 1925 and build them as Ted Healy and his racketeers, 
later changed to Ted Healy and his Stooges. By 1930, Ted Healy and his Stooges were on the verge of hitting the big time and made their first movie, Soup to Nuts, featuring Healy and his four Stooges, Moe billed as Harry Howard, Shemp, Larry, and one-shot Stooge Fred Sanborn, for Fox Films, later 20th Century Fox. Shemp had never seen eye-to-eye with the hard-drinking and sometimes belligerent Healy, however, and left the group shortly after their first group of films to pursue a solo movie career. After a short search for a replacement, Moe Howard suggested his younger brother Jerome, Babe, to Moe and Shemp. Healy originally passed on Jerry, whom he disliked, but Jerry was so eager to join the act that he shaved off his luxuriant auburn mustache and hair and ran on stage during Healy's routine. That finally got Healy to hire Jerry and took the stage name of Curly. Healy and the Stooges were hired by Metro-Golden-Mayer as Nut Comics to liven up feature films and short subjects with their antics. After a number of appearances in MGM films, however, Healy was being groomed as a solo character comedian. With Healy pursuing his own career in 1934, his Stooges, now renamed the Three Stooges, signed with Columbia Pictures, where they stayed until December 1957, making 190 comedy shorts. With Healy's departure, Moe Howard assumed Healy's prior role as the aggressive, take-charge leader of the Three Stooges, a short-tempered bully prone to slapstick violence against the other two Stooges. But despite his outwardly rather cruel demeanor towards his pals, Moe was also very loyal and protective of the other Stooges on film, keeping them from harm and, should it befall them, doing whatever it took to save them. He emphasized in his 1977 book, however, that the ill-tempered aspects of his on-screen persona did not reflect his real personality. He also boasted of being a shrewd businessman by wisely investing the money made from his film career. But the Stooges received no subsequent royalties, i.e. residuals, from any of their many shorts. They were paid a flat amount for each one, and Columbia owned the rights and profits thereafter. However, according to Larry Fine in the 1970s, Columbia allowed the Stooges to do live tours when they were not filming in exchange for half-salary during those months. Fine indicated that the profits from the tours substantially increased their yearly intake. In 1934, Columbia released its first Three Stooges short, Woman Haters, where their Stooge characters were not quite fully formed. It was not a Stooge comedy in the classic sense, but rather a romantic farce. Columbia was then making a series of two-reel musical novelties with the dialogue spoken in rhyme, and the Stooges were recruited to support comedian Marjorie White. Only after the Stooges became established as short-subject stars were the main titles changed to give the Stooges top billing. The version seen on TV and video today is this reissue print. Their next film, Punch Drunks, was the only short film written entirely by the Three Stooges, with Curly as a reluctant boxer who goes ballistic every time he hears Pop Goes the Weasel. Their next short, Men in Black, a parody of the hospital drama Men in White, was their first and only film to be nominated for an Academy Award, with the classic catchphrases, Calling Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard, 
followed by their reiterated unison declaration as young doctors for duty and humanity. They continued making short films at a steady pace of eight per year, such as Three Little Pigskins with a very young Lucille Ball, Pop Goes the Easel, Hoi Polloi, where two professors make a bet trying to turn the Three Stooges into gentlemen, and many others. In the 1940s, the Three Stooges became topical, making several anti-Nazi movies, including You Nasty Spy, Moe's favorite Three Stooges film, I'll Never Hile Again, and They Stooge to Conga. Moe's hilarious impersonation of Adolf Hitler highlighted these shorts, the first of which preceded Charlie Chaplin's controversial but classic film satire, The Great Dictator, by months. On May 6, 1946, during the filming of Halfwit's Holiday, Brother Curly suffered a stroke. He had already suffered a series of them prior to the filming of Beer Barrel Polecats and was replaced by Shemp, who agreed to return to the group, but only until Curly would be well enough to rejoin. Although Curly recovered enough to appear in Hold That Lion in a cameo appearance, he soon suffered a second series of strokes, which led to his death at age 48 on January 18, 1952. After Shemp rejoined the act, Moe, Shemp, and Larry shot a television pilot for ABC in 1949 called Jerks of All Trades, apparently intended to lead to a weekly sitcom series, on the premise that the Stooges would try a different job or business every week, hoping that eventually one of their attempts would be successful. Anything they tried turned out to be a fiasco, which was the source of the comedy. The pilot took a single day to film and was never aired. It was actually a kinescope film of a three-camera television production, most likely to replicate a proposed live broadcast. B.B. Kahane, Columbia Pictures' vice president of business affairs, stopped the show from being broadcast. Kahane warned the Stooges that a contract stipulation restricted them from performing in a TV series that might compete with their two real comedies. Columbia further threatened to cancel the boys' contract and take them to court, if they tried to sell the series. To avert a legal hassle, the pilot was shelved and the project abandoned. The Kinescope film is now in the public domain and widely available. The Three Stooges series of shorts continued to be popular through the 1950s. Shemp co-starred in 73 comedies. The Stooges also co-starred in a George O'Brien western, Gold Raiders, in 1951. Moe also co-produced occasional Western and musical films in the 1950s. On November 22, 1955, Shemp died of a heart attack at age 60, necessitating the need for another stooge. Producer Jules White used old footage of Shemp to complete four more films with Columbia regular Joe Palma filling in for Shemp, thus creating the fake Shemp phenomenon, until Columbia head Harry Cohn hired Joe Besser in 1956. According to Moe's autobiography, Howard wanted a two-stooge act, and it was Cohn's idea, not Howard's, to replace Shemp as part of the act. The Stooges replaced Shemp with Joe Besser, already an established Columbia comedy short star in his own right and frequent movie supporting player. Joe, Larry, and Howard filmed 16 shorts through December 1957, Shortly before Cohn's death in February 1958, the making of short subjects came to an end. 
Keeping himself busy, Moe was hired by Harry Rahm as associate producer. According to Howard, stories and later scenes in a 2000 made-for-TV biopic that he was forced to take a job as a gopher at Columbia are completely false. Fortunately for the Stooges, Columbia sold the Three Stooges library of short films to television under the Screen Gems brand. With this, the Three Stooges quickly gained a new audience of young fans. Ever the businessman, Mo Howard put together a new Stooges act with burlesque and screen comic Joe Dorita, dubbed Curly Joe, because of his vague resemblance of Curly Howard and to differentiate him from Joe Besser, as the new third Stooge. Dorita, like both Shemp Howard and Joe Besser, had also starred in a series of his own comedy shorts. The revitalized trio starred in six feature-length movies, Have Rocket, Will Travel, Snow White and the Three Stooges, The Three Stooges Meet Hercules, The Three Stooges in Orbit, The Three Stooges Go Around the World in a Daze, and The Outlaws is Coming. However, Larry and Curly Joe continued to make live appearances, many notable guest appearances, particularly in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, as three firemen who appear for only a few seconds, and a longer appearance in Four for Texas, starring Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. The men tried their hand at a children's cartoon show titled The New Three Stooges, with the cartoons sandwiched between live-action segments of the boys. But by 1965, they were close to 70 years old and could no longer risk serious injury while performing slapstick comedy. The men were paid residually for their later efforts and continued to receive the bulk of the profits from sales of Stooges merchandise. Moe sold real estate when his show business life slowed down, although he still did minor roles and walk-on bits in movies. Don't worry, we'll think of a title. Dr. Death, Seeker of Souls, and Television Appearances. Here's Hollywood, Toast of the Town, Masquerade Party, Truth or Consequences, and several appearances on The Mike Douglas Show. In one of Douglas's episodes, Moe, his hair in a style popular at the time, made a surprise appearance during an interview of the writer of a Where Are They Now book. When the audience was given the chance to ask the writer about famous people, Howard asked, Whatever happened to the Three Stooges? Finally recognized by Douglas, he then combed his hair into his trademark style. The Stooges also made several appearances on late-night television, particularly... The Tonight Show. The Stooges attempted to make a final film in 1969, Kook's Tour, which was essentially a documentary of Howard, Larry, and Curly Joe. Out of character, touring the U.S. and meeting with fans. But production abruptly halted when, on January 8, 1970, Larry suffered a major stroke during filming, paralyzing the left side of his body. He died on January 24, 1975, at 72. Enough footage of Larry was shot so that Kook's tour was eventually released in a 52-minute version to home video. After Fine's stroke, Howard asked longtime Three Stooges supporting actor Emil Sitka to replace Larry, but this final lineup never recorded any material. Howard died of lung cancer at age 77 on May 4, 1975, at Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, where he had been admitted a week earlier in April, just over three months after Larry Fine's death. 
He was a heavy smoker for much of his adult life. Some very interesting information uh, about the Stooges. If you had never heard of it before, uh, I think a lot of people mostly just watch the old Stooges shorts and and, uh, don't really know their backstory, don't really know about their uh, show business life. And some people do know about it, and uh, I'm glad you're here to, uh, to learn a little bit about it. Because that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom Reads Your Story. Portions were pre-recorded. Please tell your friends if you enjoyed your visit today, because we're always looking for new ones. Thanks, Anchor.fm, for this opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Let's close today with a song about, well, the Three Stooges, but more specifically, Curly. A song that came out, I think, in the 90s. And uh, you've probably heard it. Uh, It's called The Curly Shuffle. Until next time, take care, everyone. Bye now. When me and my friends go out in the town, we can't sit still, we can't sit down. We don't like to fight and we don't like to scuffle But we dance all night doing the curly shuffle Hey mo, hey mo, hey mo, hey mo Well, nyuck, 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 nyuck Nyuck, 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 nyuck Wadi-dee, Well, we never miss a chance to get up and dance And do the curly shuffle Well, me and my friends love curly and mo We love curly's brother Shep and his fat clone Joe such a delight, boogie and hustle, dancing all night, doing the curly shuffle. Hey mo, hey mo, hey mo, hey mo. Well, nyuck, 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 Well, me and my friends, we all love to see Comedy classics on late night TV Those knuckleheads get in the scuffle They push and they shove, doing the curly shuffle Hey mo, hey mo, hey mo, hey mo Well, a nyuck, 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 nyuck Nyuck, 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 nyuck Look at the grouse, look at the grouse Look at the grouse, look at the grouse But we never miss a chance Get up and dance and do the curly shuffle Curly shuffle. What'd you say? We do the curly shuffle. That's what I thought you said. We do the curly shuffle. We do the curly shuffle. But we never miss a chance. Get a bandana to do the curly shuffle.
This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.